This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Hey, this is Evan. Hey, Jason Underwood. And we hope you're enjoying the shows on the Danger Entertainment Network now, including the Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast. Yeah, we're super thrilled to be a part of this awesome lineup, guys. Um, and what we do here on our show is it's, look, we are just trying to make you guys laugh through all kinds of different avenues. Hear me out here. Yeah. Hear me out. Please. What we are is we're two geeky white dudes talking and trying to be funny. Yeah, not trying to blow in your mind here with, uh, <laughs> with something brand, brand new, new, but, um, you yeah. never heard anything like this we talk about star wars <laughs> talk about, we talk about superheroes talk about marvel movies man <laughs> look we are we're cutting some damn we're, we're, we're breaking some damn boundaries over we here. are breaking new ground yeah but for real what we do is we play invented games yeah and we try to spin everything into a brand new fun game that we've made yeah. up um we filter it all through that sensibility and we're both improvisers so a lot of what we talk about ends up in in, in sort of a scene that we have a lot of fun with we talk about our lives, pop culture, and movies. We talk about a little bit of everything. So if that's what you like, check us out. Bearded Ones Comedy Podcast on the Danger Entertainment Network. They look like Vikings. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network Podcast. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your... Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am cruel. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced, even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio. Mo, Larry, and Carly. <laughs> okay, I see we're just going to have to arm wrestle as to who gets to be Curly. Oh, wise guy. Because <laughs> nobody ever wants to be Larry. Nobody ever has the hair to be Larry. 
But, no. but Mo, I don't understand why no one wants to be me. <laughs> I know that was poor. Anyway, it is. Leave the funny character voices to me. You'll only hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't need to pull a brain muscle. It is. No sign of unusual brain activity. <laughs> Thanks. I, I think that's a slight to both of us. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Thursday's got attitude this week. She's had sass every week. What are you talking about? True. <laughs> I am one of the most powerful computing systems on the planet, and this is how we are spending our time together? This is pretty much how we always spend our time together, yeah. Thirsty. Yeah, yeah. Um, check out the homepage. Right-hand side's our affiliates and our partners found me in Heroes and Villains, which I want to see some new... Marvel stuff from Heroes and Villains. The the Batman versus Joker stuff looks great. I want I want to go that next step. Hellfire the Hellfire Club stuff is great, but it's time for something new. I say a shield line. Or a shield or or a shield versus hydra line. That's got that same type of thing where the Batman logo, you flip that flap up, it's a hydra logo. So you go from shield to hydra. See, okay. It's good for the double agent. There should be no double agents between shield and hydra. I know there are, but there really shouldn't be. Well, okay. For when we're infiltrating hydra, trying to pretend we're hydra, but we're actually shield. There you go. A nice tactical type backpack. Um, also, too, found me where you get some great Bluetooth trackers, which I use mine all the time. I know Eric uses his all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Kylan, I believe you use yours all the time. I do. Uh, I mean, they're they're great trackers. Um, so use the code FIELDAGENTS, all one word, for both locations for 15% off your first purchase. Also, too, check out our web store where you can get some great quality Mighty Marvel Geeks merch. And, you know, we still got to figure out how to tweak the War Balloon logo or hats. We haven't gotten there yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, I've got my people working on it. Uh, we're we're kind of short staffed at the moment. We have people. Not really. That's why we're short staffed. Oh, that'll do it. That, that yeah. So um, someone who's not short staffed, Kevin Feige. And um, apparently he has been named chief creative officer of Marvel in addition to being president of Marvel Studios. Well, so that's an extra hat? Yeah, but it's a big honking hat. Uh, He will now be responsible for Marvel for the overall creative direction of Marvel storytelling across mediums, including publishing, film, television, and animation. So friend of the show, Tom Brevoort, now answers to Kevin Feige? Uh, No, I think he was still answer to C.B. Cebulski. Okay. Who now answers to Kevin Feige. Okay. I was I was close. Very close. I believe that's the way it goes. I may be a little presumptuous in saying friend of the show, but, yep. you know, former so, guest. We'll put it that way. I think he's a friend of the show. I mean, they, I he definitely so. I, I hope he's a friend of the show. I hope we didn't cheese him off too, Ben. No, it sounded like he had a great time with us. Um, Maybe not as great of a time as the original Fantastic Forecast. 
Oh, good lord, <laughs> <laughs> man! That needs to be a I, Christmas tradition. You know what? Well, we, we need get them back. Bring them back. Yeah, we totally should bring them back. More tales to tell about well, Della and the dealer and the dog as well. <laughs> but that cat was cool and never said a muffled word. <laughs> So Tom Prevort, like you know, uh, when I was flying him in in in, in the in the Hello bus, it, you know, I think he he was he was a little he was a little you know shaken, you know, because well, it didn't help that well, kind of scrape the top of the of the volcano <laughs> coming in. Well, didn't was, we talk about that? It was your flying, <laughs> not saying, but well, you know. But you know it's be- it's still better than you know when I decide to try and uh, impress a certain shield agent and you know that didn't go well. But yeah, you know, well, whatever. When, when you put a cannon that is too big that co- that when you fire it it causes the helibus to spin in place. Uh, yeah. Howitzers are not meant to go on helibuses. Well, we know we know that now. But, you know, you know, I, I was thinking more bang for your buck, but I didn't take into account that it was still a hell of us. Would, now, the hell could probably handle it. You would probably, besides adding the hell carrier turbines to it, you probably would have needed to add some Chitarthi, uh, some of the Chitari, uh booster rockets on the back end just to kick them on when firing them. Well, you know, just I to wonder- handle the recoil. I wonder if there's anybody in requisitions that would be able to send some to me. Contact damage control. You, you know, go. I think you, you may have used up all your goodwill with with requisitions. I'm just saying. After the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, two turbines. Really? I mean, they weren't using them. You know, just well, they're just, certainly not using them now. I have prepared a safety briefing for you to entirely ignore. And that's how you get a hell of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting back on track, um, Marvel Television and Marvel Family Entertainment, which is the cartoons, will be moving under the Marvel Studios banner. Wow. So well, anything now. that is video medium is now all Marvel Studios. So streaming service, the, the cartoons, all that is now under Marvel Studios. You know, this is where I just uh, – this is where I think the uh, the other subtitle you could use for this particular uh, – for this particular announcement is Up Yours, Ike Perlmutter. Uh, yes, I would say that. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, Faye is still going to continue to report to co-chairman and chief creative officer of Walt Disney Studios, Alan Horn, and co-chairman Alan Bergman. Now, Dan Buckley will remain president of Marvel Entertainment, and he will over- continue to oversee publishing both creative and editorial reporting to Feige. So, Sobolski reports to... Buckley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buckley will also see publishing operations, sales, creative services, games, licensing, and events reporting in those areas to Marvel Entertainment Chairman Ike Perlmutter. So Perlmutter is still in the game. But he, he's just a figurehead now, sounds like. Now, Casada will, Joe Casada will continue as Executive Vice President, uh, Creative Director for Marvel Entertainment. Reporting to Buckley, mm-hmm. Marvel's Marvel Entertainment's Vice President of Content and Character Development, Sana Amnot, 
Omnia, Editor-in-Chief and Head of Global Editorial, C.B. Sabalski, and Stephen Wacker, Vice President of Creative and Content Development, will continue in their roles reporting to Buckley. Okay. Okay, well, here's a question now. Because pre this week, mm-hmm. there was they you know they said that there was no connection. Even even though there was connection, there was no quote unquote connection between TV and Marvel Cinematic. Even though we know that things were referenced, but you know what I'm saying. So right. now that now that it's come out that the TV shows are going to get are going to have budgets as big as the movies, and some of the TV shows, especially at least what's going to be on on uh, Disney Plus, will feature the same actors and characters that were in the MCU. Does that mean that what we're going to see now is a deliberate and intentional connection between television and the MCU? See what happens with the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Man, I bet the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're going to throw all the money at it. They're going to put all the money into it. I bet you anything. I hope so. Yeah, for real. Now, um, this... This news all comes around um, after the growing perception in the industry that Marvel Television under Jeff Loeb was slowly being phased out um, of the live action television projects. Uh, Feige is currently working on multiple shows for Disney Plus, such as Hawkeye, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, and Vision. WandaVision. WandaVision. There we go. I almost said Vision You're Quest. thinking Vision Quest. And that's a whole other ball of wax. Yeah, yep. that's a whole separate movie, man. But a good one, though. Good movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, Loeb's Division previously had numerous live action shows on the air, including Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Defenders, and The Punisher, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is about to wrap up its seventh season next summer. And final. And final. Uh, other shows, uh, Runaways at Hulu and Cloak and Dagger at Freeform. Um, which the latter is still waiting on a season three renewal. Uh, Loeb's team also had a live action Ghost Rider series set up for Hulu. That project was scrapped back in September. Uh, and, uh, most recently, the main cast for Hellstrom series that Loeb is producing at Hulu as well, which might as well go ahead and take the time and go, here is the cast that has been, um, brought together. For Hellstrom, uh, as Damien Hellstrom will be Tom Austin. You may know him from Grant Chester and the Bourgeois. Uh, Sydney Lemon as Anna Hellstrom. She is from Succession and Fear the Fear the Walking Dead. Okay. Elizabeth Marvel. I think that was a s- stereotyping there. It's a Marvel. Well, uh, you know nepotism. Yeah, Elizabeth Marvel. Uh, from Homeland and the Meyer Orwitz stories as Victoria Hellstrom. Just want to make sure I'm getting my looks right. Uh, Robert Wisdom from Ballers and Watchmen as Caretaker. Uh, June Carroll from Mindhunter and Dead Women Walking as Dr. Louise Hastings. Ariana Guerrera from Raising Dion and Insatiable as Gabrielle Rossetti. Alan Oi. Oi. Yui. Oi. Ui. As Chris Yin. He was in The Passage and Paper Tigers. Uh, and he is to round that out at the moment. 
Wow. It's a pretty decent cast. Yeah. And this is a show coming to Hulu, like I said. Um, so, yeah. So, for the moment, it appears that tar- Marvel Television will be focused on animation, as it's had a number of animated series prior to venturing into live action. It's currently prepping for adult animated series for Hulu, um, Tigra and Dazzler, Hitmonkey, Modoc, and Howard the Duck. That made your day when you heard that, didn't it? <laughs> and it'll be with Kevin Smith. In uh, the event... Crossover series will be the Offenders. And it'll be a similar strategy that was used over on Netflix that led to the Defenders. Well, okay. So, um, then, how about this? Marvel and others being sued over X-Men, the animated series theme song, allegedly alleging copyright infringement. Okay, uh, I call shenanigans on this right up front and center. Okay. Okay. How old is this series? Uh, 90s. Exactly. It took somebody 20 years to file a lawsuit. Well, Zoltan Crisco. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something you would use in the kitchen. Yeah. When you- Honey, do we have any Zoltan Crisco left in the cupboard? Uh, he's representing. I the- may have to go to Dollar General. <laughs> he's representing the estate of, of uh, uh, Gregory Volcan, who is the late composer of a, of a uh, who, uh, who oh, I'm hearing that weird echo on my, my end. It's okay. I'll get through it. Um, um, he filed a lawsuit alleging that X-Men, the animated series, uh, the theme was based on Vulcan's theme to Linda, a 1984 to 1991 Hungarian cop show. The lawsuit names Marvel, Disney, Fox, Amazon, and more as defendants. So. here This is, is somebody in a money grab. Uh, just wait till you hear. So here is the X-Men opening theme. I'm going to talk over it since. So if you, if you, oh, shoot. It's not going to sound right because I need to unmute my browser. So we're going to try this again. All right. Here is the theme. Previously on X-Men. So this is the iconic theme. Everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. We all hum it. Yeah, we all have fun with it. Yeah, I, I got you. Okay, now copy reportedly copyrighted back in '83. Here is of the Hungarian cop show Linda. So remember. And away we go. I don't like the intro. Little upbeat. This riff. It's gotta be that Hungarian thing. Yeah, I'm not here. So white. And there we are. No. There it is. No. 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 Nope. If I was a judge in a court of law, well, for one thing, I'd have a really cool gavel and a black robe. But 
I would also say thank you for playing. Don't let the door hit your butt on the way out. Okay. I mean, it, yeah, because here's the thing. You have so much music in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So many artists putting music out there, okay? You are a, you are inevitably going to run into instances where one one bit of music sounds vaguely like another. ABC sounds like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> There's probably a reason for that, but the I think at best this is a coincidence. I, I, I agree. Best. I agree with Eric. The thing is. <clears throat> Okay, you know how when you watch a TV show and, you know, that let's say if there's a some sneaky thing going on and they do like a knockoff version of the Mission Impossible theme. So, right. you know, is, instead of a note going up, a note goes down and vice versa, whatever. So you kind of get the impression of it, but it's not exactly what what it was intended to be. Now, I'm not saying that's happened in this case. I will say that there are some similar there. There are there may be some similarities in like the lead in and then music starting. But it, there's not to me there's not enough there for me to be confused or be like whoa you know right. it's just not yeah uh, this is something that you've got in copyright infringement laws and i am not an expert on this but you do kind of have to prove that the person was intentionally copying and i don't think you're going to be able to get that here yeah, it's not under pressure, ice, ice, baby territory. Yeah. 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 Not that I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not uh, I'm not an expert in copyright law or anything like that. But just as somebody who who likes music and I'm a fan of the X-Men theme, I don't see enough there for it to be like, oh, man, you know what? If they just slowed it down a little bit, that's it entirely. Or if they sped it up a little bit, that's it entirely. No, that'd be a bunch of other changes going on for it to even come close to the X-Men theme. Yeah. Vice versa. I can see that. Yeah. I I just. I mean, I hear a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tempo's almost the same. The only thing is, is the the buildup to the actual song is different between the two. Mm-hmm. But the actual meat of the song sounds almost identical. Yes. Okay, I'll give you that. Uh, it, it's it's going to be hard to see. I mean, I'm curious to see what happens. So the mm. question is going to be, would Marvel just pay him off to let this go and brush this yeah. under the rug? But, you know, it also this this story does create a little bit of drama. And regardless of who you are. A little drama always is going to get you noticed. Right. So, well, the the question is, why wasn't this brought up by the original composer at the time? Why are why now with the estate bringing it up? Yeah, see, that's my first question. Does he have you some know, back why he needs now? to pay? <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's almost like, hey, there's something called statute of limitations. Yours has yep. run out. He ran up a big tab at a Hungarian goulash stand. I don't know. Man, that 
at no. That's a lot of goulash. That's, That's a weird. heck of a lot of goulash. Well, is it enough goulash to possibly acquire the rights for Spider-Man? That's uh, a heck of a lot of goulash. There's a rumor <laughs> saying that Disney is looking to buy out Spider-Man rights for a more reasonable price. Um. Previously, it was speculated that Disney was looking to buy the rights outright. It was rumored that he was going for $15 billion. And I said, billion. Not million, not trillion, not gazillion, not Google billion. Just billion. You know, I'm going to say no. Well, now the reports are saying that the number is much lower. Um, Disney and Sony have had a good chunk of press recently uh, in regards to our friendly neighborhood night monkey. (laughs) Um, I mean, Spider-Man trying to decide the future of the popular hero in order to try and keep everyone happy. Um, Fans are pleased to see that they reached a deal, which sees Tom Holland's version of the character get at least one more film, um, which will make him just slightly better than Tobey Maguire. Well, I would say, let's see, two, three. I'd say twice as good as Tobey Maguire because Tom Holland appears in six movies. Yeah, but but Tom Holland only has two Spider-Man films. McGuire has I know. three. I know. If you're willing to consider the third one a Spider-Man film instead of a spider train wreck. Well, you know, a spider dumpster fire is still a movie. Sandman was great. Venom was a bad choice. And, and the whole conflict with Hobgoblin was nice, too. Mm-hmm. And that was a nice resolve with, with Peter and Harry. Yes. So um, now M- Mikey Sutton who runs uh, Geekosity, uh, apparently has a proven track record with his scoops. Uh, he is scooping that Disney is, te- uh, that, his, that has, he has sources telling him that uh, the House of Mouse is actually looking to purchase Spidey outright. Well, we've kind of been saying that probably for a while now. Right. Um, and we also said, too, at this point in time, since Sony Pictures is up for grabs, they're up for sale. Why should we spend any money? Let's just wait until Sony Studios has been sold. And then Spider-Man comes right back to us at no cost because the license can't transfer to the new owners. Okay, here's here's the thing. You have Disney having purchased or acquired first Pixar. Right. Then Marvel. Yep. Then Lucasfilm. Yep. So there's and most a Most recently Fox. Yes, and most recently Fox. How could I have forgotten that? I think the perception becomes that if you can't deal with them, buy them. Right. And so it becomes easy to believe any story that comes out saying, well, you know, Sony and Disney couldn't reach an agreement, so Disney is going to acquire Sony. Right. I don't think that's a very it's, – it's believable by some under you know past history – but sooner or later, the uh, the U.S. government will get involved with this. Well, I don't think they're after Sony itself. They just want the rights yeah. for Spider-Man. Right. Now, the scoop that came back in on the 9th of this month, 9th of October 2019, was Disney wants to buy Spider-Man. All rumors have circulated before 
the Sony Disney dispute. Um, it was mere speculation, um, especially with the high number that was quoted. Uh, again, this is from Mickey Sutton. Um, what I'm hearing is that Disney is looking to offer in the in the range of four to five billion for Spider-Man, which is in the range of what they paid for Lucasfilm. True. Is Spider-Man worth Star Wars? Uh, I don't know. Because, I mean, seriously, I mean, that's that's my question. Is getting the rights to Spider-Man as valuable in the long run as getting the rights to all of Star Wars? Well, considering they need a new anchor for the MCU and he's being considered, uh, maybe four, four to five billion is the right number for that. From Disney. From Disney. Well, I mean, it's possible. I... Right. I don't know. I I think Tom Holland Spider-Man would be the perfect tentpole character for, you know, the next few phases of Marvel movies. I, I think so. Right. I don't know that even if they did get the rights that they would do that. Yeah. And the reason the reason being they have been on this big diversity push. And whether you like Captain Marvel or not like Captain Marvel, I think they are pushing her to be the next tentpole character. Yeah. So I don't I I don't know that I don't know that four to five billion is worth a single character. I think it's high considering that was the number thrown around for Lucasfilm. That was the number thrown around for Pixar and for Marvel. And you got multiple characters out of that. Yeah. Now, you'll likely get multiple characters out of this as well. I mean, you'll mo- you'll mo- you'll most likely well, I say most likely, but it depends on what they what they try to to, uh, to arrange. Right. Do you get Venom? Do you get Dr. Octopus? Do you get Electro and Sandman and Venom and Carnage and Craven the Hunter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or do you just get Spider-Man? Because let's face it, you know, you're not a true Marvel villain unless you have fought Spider-Man at some point. Right. I mean, he's kind of like the Ed Sullivan of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> you know what? You're right, though. Yeah, well, we'll just have to see. I, just, I think four, four to five billion is too much for a single character or a single character universe. Which you would include Venom, Black Cat, Craven, Mariner, etc. But, I mean, you think about it, though. Just about every MCU movie these days is pulling down a billion. Right. Yeah. If you could get four movies out of that, you know, it may pay for itself. True. Well, I mean, it won't because, you know, the cost of making the movie, but... Right. Um... You know, I mean, I, I, I'm like, I'm with Eric. I would wait. I want to see what the rest of this deal entails. I mean, as popular as Spidey is, one, I, I don't know if one character is worth all that. And I can't see it being just the one character. It's sort of like what, I mean, it's sort of like what happened when we got Fantastic Four. It wasn't just Fantastic Four. It was Namor. It was, well, they were for Silver the, Surfer, Silver Surfer, Super Scroll. Yeah, but uh, Namor, I believe, is still with Universal. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, that's a weird deal. This deal is getting worse all the time. <laughs> huh, I am altering the deal, Calrissian. Pray I don't alter it any further. Huh? <laughs> 
Oh, no, I, I get it. I get it. The first rule of Robot Fight Club is you don't talk about Robot Fight Club. That's true. So, so I, I don't know. That's just it's going to be interesting to see what what else comes out from this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it possible? Sure, it's possible. Is it likely? I I have a hard time with it. Right. Well, here's another one that people are having a hard time with. Apparently, this is breaking as we're recording or dropping as we're recording. Uh, Ant-Man 3 is now in development with a 2021 production start. What? Why are really? struggling with this? Or are oh. you just making that part up to go as no, uh, that's the, clever segue? That's the, that's the headline. Ant-Man 3 is now in development with a 2021 production start. No, I'm talking about the people are struggling with. People are struggling because um, this is new. Ant-Man was not mentioned at all in a Phase 4 or Phase 5 slate. Right. It was going to be more cosmic. Honestly, well, well how do we know it's not going to be some kind of cosmic? True. I mean, think about Ant-Man deals with the uh, – he de- he deals with the um, multiverse. Well – Yeah. Microverse. Quantum no, realm. Well, th- this revelation comes from Charles Murphy, a Murphy's Law podcast. Never heard of it. Uh, maybe it's one I might start listening to. Um, but, uh, Wait, this isn't confirmed like by variety or, or established news outlets. I, I don't know. I just got the story up as where we were recording because okay. I saw it head up. Okay. Uh, okay. as recently as two weeks ago, we learned Marvel studios has decided to move forward with the third Ant-Man film under the business name, Pym particles production three LLC. Again, we okay. we're pretty privy to a lot of the news. Um, I don't remember seeing this one pop up. So uh, Murphy's Murphy's Law podcast said in a tweet, uh, Marvel Studios has made the decision to move ahead with the third Ant-Man film. About two weeks ago, I was told it was expected to film summer 2021. Yesterday, I found the hard evidence I was looking for. Pym Particles Productions 3 LLC was formed a little over a month ago. So I am looking this up. Pym Particles Productions LLC, or 3 LLC, um, was filed on September 10th, 2019. Okay. Um, Principal address is 500 South Buena Vista Street, Burbank, California. All right. That's Disney. Uh, uh, yes, that is not confirmation that they are making a movie. True. Because this could be a TV show. True. Could be like an animated show. True. Could be the foundation of a ride. Oh, dear God, they're they're taking the old body wars from Epcot and turning it into an Ant-Man ride. Well, there is an Ant-Man attraction at Marvel, at Avengers, Avengers Campus at California. I'm I'm going to stand by my earlier comments. It's possible. I think with the you know Avengers Endgame, he's gotten a lot more popular. Right. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> you're going to say he's he's gotten bigger. Well, here, here's more here's more clues uh, for the filing according to BuzzFile. Uh, which is the most advanced company information database. Um, sector is motion pictures, category motion picture and tape distribution, industry motion picture and tape distribution. So either film or Disney Plus be the one or two ways that this is going. Hmm. I, I I still have a hard time thinking it's going to be movie because <sighs> – in this day and age, with fanboys trying to glean every little detail 
out of every leaked image. Right. All right. You're not going to start a film production of a major movie like this and call it something as blatantly obvious as Pym Particles production. Right. Right. I mean, you're going to go strictly Blue Harvest here. You're going to give it a working title that has absolutely nothing to do with the subject of your movie. True. You're going to give it a working title that's that's camouflaged. Are you not? Yeah. I mean... Like Red Cup, production name for Solo, a Star Wars story. (laughs) (laughs) No joke. That's one of those things where you look at it now and you go, I see what you did there. Well, people people looked at it then and said, I see what you did there. <laughs> I just I just don't think that if this was a, an Ant-Man movie, they would go to something so blatant. Right. Well, this, this may be something a little bit more blatant. Uh, when Phase 4 was announced at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, there was one property that was missing. Uh, and it's one of the few major Marvel characters left. So I'm going to keep you guessing unless you happen to figure it out. Um, well, it looks like that's going to potentially change as in fact may come as soon as phase five. Korg. No. <laughs> Nova. <gasps> yes. Could debut alongside Blade, Fantastic Four and the Mutants in phase five. Uh, now, if Phase 5 does begin with Black Panther 2, we could be as little as three years away from Nova. Okay. Now, th- it, this is a rumor. Do. Okay. Um, but it's not a massive surprise. It's been talked about for a while. I want a Richard Ryder in the MCU. Yeah. He hmm. can be like the, the depowered, you know, grumpy old man rich that uh, that we know and love. Right. Acting as a mentor to Sam Alexander. I- I'm okay with that. Now, we almost saw him in Infinity War, uh, who he was going to be taking Banner's place as the character who would crash into this the Sectorum, uh, and warn Dr. Strange and Wong of the looming threat of Thanos. You know, and even that would be a change from the Infinity Gauntlet comic. Yeah. Because it was the Silver Surfer. Mm -hmm. You know, I liked what they did, though, with, with Bruce. Yeah. I think that ties the story together a whole lot better. Yep. Now, bear in mind, this is all rumor for now, but... Um, with the growing cosmic direction of the MCU and the destruction of Xandar following Infinity War, it seems inevitable that Richard Ryder will show up at some point over the coming years. So, uh, but to stick with the theme of up yours, <laughs> which may be the show title this week, um, Samuel L. Jackson claps back at Martin Scorsese's denouncing of Marvel films. Mm. Mm. I, I was wondering if we were going to get on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and just to hazard a guess, guys, Scorsese's not the only one who feels this way about Marvel movies. Nope. No. I mean, there are those who, it, it, to them, movies aren't just movies. It's the cinema. Right. It's an art form. It's it's for dramatic storytelling. Right. 
is high art. Yep. It can be, but it doesn't always have to be. Well, you know, you know that and I know that, but there is, I, I don't want to use the word elitist, although I don't think it's an inappropriate one. Right. But they have a higher opinion of movies as art forms. Right. And to put out, well, which are basically bubblegum movies, I mean, they're, they're looked down upon. It's why... Uh, it's why I doubt that you'll see any of the you know Avengers Endgame get anything more than like say a best special effects award, right? Or or costume or something technical. You think Fury's hiding something? He's a spy, Captain. He's the spy. His secrets have secrets. <laughs> so I, I mean, are you going to see Robert Downey Jr. win Best Actor Oscar for Tony Stark? No. Right. Well. Here, here's a statement from Samuel L. Jackson, because I mean, that's like saying Bugs Bunny ain't funny. Films are films. Everybody doesn't like his stuff either. Everybody's got an opinion. So, I mean, it's okay. Ain't going to stop nobody from making movies. As it continued. Well, Say, I mean, he's right. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, I, you know, well, the whole week has been filled with Scorsese and his ilk, you know, taking uh, pod shots at the MCU. Right. I, I, I'll say this. OK. Yeah. OK. You know, maybe for somebody who's looking for the meaning of life in the movie. I don't know. But I uh, will. But. We and we've said this before. The MCU people call them superhero movies, but they're really stories about people who happen to be superheroes. You exactly. you witness the growth of Tony Stark from self-absorbed, you know, multi-billionaire to right. a hero at the end. You know, you, you you see a man who a man out of time who actually gets to go home. You know, you, you get to see uh, somebody you get to see somebody who loses his father and struggles to be the to be the a king in the same way as his father is, but learns that he has to learn how to be his own king you know right these are you talking like black panther or the lion king actually if you think about it, black panther and lion king are the same movie if you think about it that's uh kuna matata to you too yeah <laughs> well okay except for except for the except for the part where he goes off and he hangs out with a couple of slops but you know still yeah now now, let's also keep in mind, you've got some movies under Scorsese's belt that could very easily be considered bubblegum movies. That's true. I mean, you've got well, – the one that leaps out in my head is Goodfellas. Yeah. Goodfellas or, is a mob Or maybe movie. Hugo. You know, or and and uh, there's also um, – you know, just lost my lost my train of thought. You know, actually, you you when you mentioned when you mentioned Goodfellas, it made me think about something else that about Scorsese. Oh, and I mean, only uh, I mean, up until like the 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 eleventh hour, Scorsese was attached to the the, the Joker movie. Mm -hmm. So I mean, whatever. And let's not forget, Scorsese voiced a character in Shark Tale. This is true. <laughs> 
He played Will Smith's boss, the guy who was the the fish that was running the whale wash in Shark Tale. Yep. So, and again, I am projecting a little bit onto Scorsese saying that he views movies as high art and should not be, it, it, it should take itself more seriously than the MCU does. For all I know, he doesn't see it that way. But for all I know, he does. Right. And I'll be honest, if... One of his movies that he directs makes a billion dollars. I he's not going to care. No, he's not. Most so not. I mean, the the Aviator was a good movie, but it was not a billion dollar movie. I don't think. No, no, no. Well, before we hit picks of the week, how about this? Ten Marvel titles to check out on November twelfth when Disney Plus launches. Number one, Marvel Studios Captain Marvel the movie. <laughs> Now, are you talking about comics that people need to read or? No, this is the series. Uh, okay. Here, here's a highlight of some of the Marvel things you can stream at the launch. November. Okay. 12th. Okay. I got you. I got you. Number two, X-Men, the animated series. <laughs> lawsuit or no lawsuit. Marvel's Hero Project, which this sounds cool. It's um, Marvel presents a new series that spotlight, spotlight, spotlights, spotlights. Uh, spotlights, real-life heroes, several ex- extraordinary inspiring kids, and gives them the superhero treatment for the work they've done in their communities across the country. I think that's great. Yeah. Something to highlight oh, yeah. our youth. Uh, number four, Iron Man. Number five, Spider-Man Season 1 from 1994. Okay. Oh, okay. That's a good series. Yeah, it is. Uh, number six, Marvel Rising Secret Warriors, uh, which came out last year. Okay. Uh, Marvel Studios Assembling a Universe, number seven. Okay. That's a documentary uh, discussing the beginnings of the MCU. Uh, number eight, Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy. Number nine, Marvel Avengers Black Panther's Quest. Number 10, The Incredible Hulk Season 1. Bill this Bixby. Is, this is the <laughs> animated series. Oh, that's from the you know, 90s. I think yeah. yeah that, that was Wait, it was 90s? 96. Yeah, okay. you remember in the mid '90s, you uh, you had Iron Man and Fantastic yes. Four. Yes. What was the other one that was in there? Uh, Silver Surfer. Silver yeah. Surfer. Yeah. So you you had so those Hulk, four: Hulk, yeah. Iron Man, Spider Man, Fantastic Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, and of course we know there's also She Hulk coming, uh, Falcon and War Machine. Or Falcon and Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Woo, my head's gone. Um, WandaVision, Hawkeye, Marvel's What If. Which now, see, I'm really looking forward to I'm that. I'm looking forward to What If. So, uh, so at this point in time, that brings us to... Here are the picks of the week. And Kylan, since you had the MU, you get to lead us off. I'm going to start us off with something new. Well, I mean, they're all new, but this is something different. My first pick of the week is The Amazing Mary Jane, number one, brought to us by Leah Williams, Carlos Gomez, and Humberto Ramos. Spinning right out of the pages of Amazing Spider-Man, you just hit the jackpot. All new ongoing series. The Webhead's favorite redhead and yours is taking her a chance on her dreams. 
But if you read Amazing Spider-Man number 25, you'll know Mysterio is behind Mary Jane's big shot. And someone worse is behind him. What's real and what's illusion? What's illusion and what's Hollywood phoniness? This fall, Leah Williams uh, from the Age of X-Men and Extremist Giant Man and Carlos Gomez from Uncanny X-Men Annual and Red Sonia bring you all this intrigue plus more action, glamour, grit, and we'll say it, sass than anyone's previously dared fit in five fabulous issues face it you don't want to miss this okay uh so eric how about you take the second slot for tonight well my second slot uh is a number two it is king thor number two of four by jason aaron and isad rebik it's the battle foretold for centuries thor versus loki and the final fight of the millennia the universe is dying, and Allfather Thor is its only hope. But to save all life, the greatest god in history must defeat the one person who has always managed to escape his wrath. And that was before he got his hands on the weapon that almost killed three generations of Thor and stripped the god of thunder of his legendary hammer. Loki, god of lies, wielder of all black the necrosword, finally faces his brother at the end of all time. Okay. Well, my first pick of the week is Ghost Spider number three, uh, written by Shannon McGuire, uh, Takeshi Miwazawa, and George Molina. Worlds collide. Gwen Stacy of Earth-65 has decided to enroll in class at Empire State University in the Marvel Universe. Now she'll be taking classes down the hall from Peter Parker, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But things aren't as safe as they may seem. Peter's not the only person in the Marvel Universe who may recognize Gwen Stacy, and not all of them share his noble intentions. Ooh. So, Mm. Kylan, your second pick of the week. My second pick is Marauders, number one. Uh, and this is brought to us by Jerry Duggan, Matteo Lolly, and Russell Dodderman. The X-Men sell at dawn. Even in this glorious new dawn, mutant kind faces hardships and oppression from their human counterparts. Led by Captain Kate Pride and funded by Emma Frost and the Hellfire Trading Company, Marauders Storm, Pyro, Bishop, and Iceman sail the seas of the world to protect those hated and feared. Okay. I almost got that one. I almost picked that one. <laughs> but then I was thinking like Marauders, like the X-Men bad guys. Right. That's what I was thinking at first until I read it. And I was like, oh, okay. So, Eric, your second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is a trade paperback. It is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge trade paperback by Ethan Wilsliney and Rod Reese. A thrilling call to adventure on the very edge of the galaxy. Black Spire Outpost has long been frequented by smugglers, merchants, and travelers from every system looking to make their score on the infamous black market or experience exotic thrills only the remote world of Batu has to offer. Beings like the infamous Doc Ondar, proprietor of rare antiquities, thrive in the unique opportunities that abound in this lawless outpost at the edge of wild space. But the First Order has come to Batu, and now its survival is at stake. 
The road to Black Spire's salvation begins in the past with the job that Han Solo and Chewbacca once pulled for Doc Ondar. The newest chapter of the growing Star Wars saga begins with this riveting tie-in to the theme land at Disneyland and uh, opening later this year at Walt Disney World. Well, already open, but... Yeah, already open. I was kind of like, when was this thing written? Uh, uh, having to double-check uh, the date. <laughs> they they started the five issues, ended in August. Uh, so August, June, July, June, May, okay. April... But you would think that when they have the assembled trade paperback, they yeah. would update this. Yeah. But anyway. Right. So, yeah, like you said just now, Mike, uh, this is collecting Star Wars Galaxy's Edge numbers one through five. I have issues one through five. And the way they left it off, I would love to see Galaxy's Edge two come out. We saw Figment two. Oh, it was great. Yep. Well, my third pick of the week, or second pick of the week, third pick. Uh, Star Wars number 73. There's only two books left, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Moments of Truth. Who is Dar Champion? And how far can Leia trust him when Han's life is on the line? On uh, Boss Carpo's Golden Starship. What shocking lesson will Luke learn when Warba finally reveals her true self? And when faced with his lost past, can 3PO seize control of his destiny? And be the hero of his own story. Thousands of rebels hang in the balance as our heroes grapple with their greatest doubts and challenges. Well, okay. So, Kylan, third pick of the week. My third pick of the week is one I have been waiting for since the first issue came out. This is Strike Force number two, brought to us by Trini Howard, German Peralta. And Andrea Sorrentino, the devil's children in the city of sin. Something is very wrong with Damon Hellstrom, and that's saying something for the son of Satan. The only one who might be able to help is Damon's sister, Satana. But she's no angel. Demons, debauchery, and decapitation abound as Asgard's X-Force takes on Las Vegas. Okay. Wow. Uh, Eric, your final pick of the week. I saved my final pick of the week, my favorite final pick of the week. <laughs> my favorite pick of the week for the final pick of the week. Yes, I have a college degree as I stumble over my own tongue. This is Write Your Own Marvel Trade Paperback by John Romita Sr. and others. Think you can follow in the giant footsteps of the likes of Stan Lee, Chris Claremont, and Jason Aaron and put words into the mouths of Marvel's greatest heroes and villains? Then this is the book for you. It's comics action in the mighty Marvel manner with all the text taken out. Empty word balloons and captions await for you to fill with all the wit and wisdom you can summon up. Finally, this is your chance to give voice to Spider-Man, the Avengers, the X-Men, and more. It's time to unleash your creative side and make yours marvel. Okay. Well, my final pick is Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Allegiance number three. Um, Ethan Sachs, Luke Ross, and Marco Cacetto. Cacetto, I think. Cacetto. Could be Kaketo. I'm not sure. Yeah, you say Chichetto, I say Kaketo. Or is that backwards? Let's call the whole thing off. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Before the exciting news of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, pounded by the First Order across the galaxy, the Resistance is in dire need of ships, weapons, and recruits to make a final stand against Kylo Ren's forces. Sounds like a new hope. 
Sounds a little bit like Return of the Jedi as well. Uh, desperation drives a delegation led by General Leia Organa and Rey to entreat the rebel veterans, one-time allies, the Mon Calamari, to join the fight. But decades after Imperial occupation enslaved their planet, there are those willing to stop at nothing to prevent another war from blooding the waters of Mon Cala. A system away, Poe Dameron and Finn have their own mission to hunt down a weapons cache on the remote moon of Avdote, Avidote, unaware that they have been hunted by the most notorious criminal gang in the galaxy. Tell that to Kanji Club? <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Um, so, that's our picks of the week. How about uh, our MU pick, since that's Kylan? Yep. I found one that is, I think it's fun. Uh, it is the Howling Commandos or Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos number one. This is a series from 2009. Uh, Shotgun Opera. Nothing less than the fate of the free world is at stake as Sergeant Fury leads the Howling Commandos on their most dangerous mission ever. Shotgun Opera sets the stage for the harrowing events of Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale's best-selling Captain America White. After parachuting deep into enemy-held Yugoslavia, Fury, Dum Dum, Izzy, Reb, Gabe, and Pinky Pinkerton need every bullet and grenade in the Allied Armory as they are chased by tiger tanks, strafed by screaming Stukas, Betrayed by beautiful babes and forced into gladiatorial combat against Baron Strucker's diabolical war machine, Panzer Max. Brought to you by the team of Jesse Alexander, who is, uh, comes from Heroes, Lost in Alias, and John Paul Leon from Earth X. Howling Commandos is a must-have for all Fury fans cap completionist and anyone who likes war comics that take no prisoners show no mercy and cry havoc wahoo it's a one shot it's 399 well it would have been 399 you know that's interesting i don't don't remember them ever putting the price of the old i guess what the price of the book was at the point no i don't remember that either but it's actually under the marvel knights imprint so uh, that's how they managed to get away with being a little more gritty. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Any final thoughts? Uh, no, I'm all thought out. I think uh, National Sloth Day is coming up, so I don't know what that has to do with anything, but, you know. I don't. I'm sure there was a sloth-themed supervillain that fought Spider-Man at some point. No, <laughs> either. <laughs> Dude, it's almost like you can speak whale. <laughs> Oh, boy. A lot better than... Uh, I'm not sure about that one. (laughs) I'm not sure either. Any other final thoughts? No, I think that's it. Nope, I'm good. And there's only one thing left to do. Thursday. Say sweet Christmas. I do not have that sound drop on my... It's on my phone when Kylan texts me. (laughs) 
No joke, but uh, Thursday, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. And change the batteries and mic. Thank you for pressing the self-destruct button. Have a nice day. Just kidding.